Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. It is episode 23, and this is your host with the most hopsy, baby boy. We have more groundbreaking journalism in store for you today, folks. You're going to want to sit down for this one. We don't advise you standing up in any sort of the matter. This could be the best podcast you have ever heard in your entire life. I welcome you to the project. This is a weekly program, as we all know. We don't really have a set date, all right? It's hard to stick to right now with my schedule, but I will be getting out episodes weekly. Um, It's really fun to be down here. Um, Loving playing hockey again. Having a great time. Weather's good. I have really no complaints. Um, I cannot believe that it is January 21st of 2021. 2021 rolls on. Crazy that we're in the 20s to begin with. Now we're in 2021. Um, I'm down here in Alabama. I'm having a really good time. Um, we're really not allowed to do that much, obviously, with COVID-19. We're just trying to all stay healthy here and uh, you know, make sure our season fucking rolls on, honestly. That's the main concern, so we're not getting out to go and have much fun. We're not really going downtown and seeing anything. We have a kind of a strict set of rules that we have to adhere to to continue things on down here. But um, no, Birmingham's a sick spot. It's actually, um, when I came down here, I didn't know what to expect at all. But big city, big city. Talking like 1.5 million. Um, it's kind of spread out. I am technically, like I say, I am in Pelham, Alabama, just due south. But um, this is a great spot. Um, last year when I was down here, I got to go um, and see some great bars, great live music, um, di- di- bit of a different bar scene. You know, it's a, it's like country, but it's not. Um, I mean, I don't know the bars up where I'm from. You know, like they're you know cowboys and stuff like that in Calgary. Like you know, they're kind of cliche country. Like these ones, you know, you can tell there's a little bit of authenticity to them, and uh, the beers down here are great. Um, I love. I've been very lucky to move around and, um, you know, be in multiple different places in Canada and playing hockey and now getting to come down to the States. And I love beer and you get to just travel and see all these different amazing types of beer. And you come down here and it is actually fucking insane. The beer that you can get your hands on down here. Um, I found myself getting a little bit back into a little bit of an IPA game, trying some craft beers because there's just so much crazy stuff down here that you've never heard of. But um, I think my favorite American beer since I got down here is Yingling. Yingling. I believe that is the saying. It is the America's oldest brewery, I believe. It is a, it's like a dark amber ale, but um, I had never seen it till I was down here. I actually have an uncle, my Uncle Paul. Shout out to Uncle Paul. He had some actually up in Canada once because he has an RV. He's a retired teacher, flies around with his wife. They are both retired. They just fly around in their little RV. And they travel the globe. It's unbelievable. But he always has a little cachet of beers. And he lives in Ontario close to me. And I tried it once and I thought it was unbelievable. I came down here and I saw it. And I've been uh, I've been guzzling it. It's, it's, it's deadly. So um, <clears throat> it's a good spot. I mean, uh, I mean, there's lots of fun to be had. Um, last year, actually, when I, when I first got here, I think it was one of the first days I was ever in Birmingham. I got I was online and I'm um, a big Sturgill Simpson fan and Tyler Childers fan and um, people who know who I'm talking about know they're great but there are a decent amount of people who have no idea who I'm talking about and I kind of asked a couple guys like loosely didn't really know many people yet like I said I was literally I got here on Valentine's Day last year and um, I think this concert was like the 20th maybe or something like that maybe 21st can't remember the exact date but it was I just got there and um I kind of asked a couple guys. A lot of guys didn't even know who it was. So I didn't want to miss it. So I bought a ticket just by myself. 
and it was down at the uh, the BJJ, I believe it's called, uh, the, the the arena down there. It's six spot, like realistically, it's like the size of an NHL arena. But um, I went down there by myself, and it was it was actually hilarious time. I recommend everyone doing uh, a, a solo concert. Um, it was it was it was really good time. So I drove down there, and I got there enough, like early enough, and um, I knew I was had to leave my car, which was like a, it was just a terrible decision. Like, I don't know. I drove it down there and I left it in a parkade and I Ubered home. But so I got there early enough and I had a couple beers and I just literally was standing there like people watching, having a good time, you know, just watching all the people go by. Beautiful people down here, men and women. And then this, the, the type of people that are going to this concert were just very well dressed. Um, I looked, you know, you go to Calgary Stampede, like I say, it's kind of like, you know, it's that poser cowboy look. You know, me, myself, I'm from right in the middle of Calgary. Um, couldn't be a further from a country kid i guess per se and i got like nine setups for you know stampede i got cowboy hat buckle jeans you know the whole fucking the boots the whole nine and everyone in calgary does but down here you know you could just tell the way people were dressed it was like i said a little bit about the bars too maybe a little bit more authentic a little bit more authenticity anyways so tyler chillers was opening up for sturgill and I got there really early, insinuating that there, I thought there would be maybe some smaller bands opening up for them, but not the case, not the case. But I wasn't, I was okay. Uh, the Birmingham Bulls, the team that I play for, used to be members of the East Coast Hockey League, and they played in that arena during the 90s. And this place was jammed. Like, I mean, like, apparently they had like crazy fans, really good following. And when I was in this rink, I couldn't help but think, I was like, Jesus, man, this is a big spot. Like, they must have been really getting like huge crowds. And, I was just kind of was enjoying hanging out, watching people go by, and I ended up going up, sitting in my seats for a little bit, and then I thought, you know, might as well go down for a couple, you know, you got to have two beers in your hand when the concert starts, and you don't want to move after the music starts. I hate, like, hockey and stuff like that, you know, it's beautiful, you get the intermission, but in a concert, once it starts, I'm not I'm not going back for beer, unless, like, do hawkers even come in, in uh, concerts? I don't believe so, but I usually, that's why I go there a little early, I get a couple into me, and then I just hang out and watch the concert, and... I'm up there, so I go down, I have to get a couple more, and by the time I get up there, this place is, like, really filling up, and I kind of pushed it, like, you know, right to the end, because, you know, there was no rush, I just was having fun, you know, literally standing by myself, people watching, like, it was the airport, I think I was leaning against, like, a post, like, if anyone noticed what I was doing, I'd probably look like an absolute loser, but I just assumed everyone thought I was waiting for someone or something like that, so I'm just, you know, hanging out, watch people go by, concert comes, I go up, now there's, you know, a million people. When I was hanging out in my seat before, bone dry, could just, you know, fly through the aisles. This time, you know, having to say, excuse me, sorry, sorry, sorry. Every single person you go by, sorry, 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 sorry. I get to my seat finally, and it turns out that there is a couple sitting on my left of my seat, and then there is a pair of couples on the right, and them seeing the, you know, the empty seat there, they're assuming that, oh, well, there's no one with them, there, you know, this seat is obviously vacant. There's a, we have a, we have a coat rack. We have a, we have a coat seat. So everyone, um, I think it was the two couples, they took all their coats and they, you know, it was, this would have been February. So it was, uh, it was kind of cold, you know, in, in terms of Birmingham Southern standards, people had some coats on. So they piled them all up on the vacant seat there, which happened to be mine. So I'm keeping, you know, I keep going across, sorry, 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 sorry. And then I see that, you know, my seats become an absolute pile of fucking shit. And I have to be like, sorry, folks, like, can you actually scoot over and like 
this is my seat. And they knew that that couple to the left of me was, you know, together. They knew that they were together. So it was very obvious that I was just, you know, for some reason sitting up in the nosebleeds of this concert solo. And I mean, I mean, is it a weird look? Maybe. I mean, they probably wondered what my past was. I certainly was. I would have if I was the person on my right. I would have sat there and been like, what the fuck's his story? Why is he here alone? Why is he a serial killer? That's probably what they thought. But um, I hung out there for about half the concert. I kind of saw that, the, you know, there was um, maybe some vacancies lower down. And, you know, about halfway through, um, waited for a little break in between songs. And I sprinted down and I got myself a seat in the lower bowl. And I hung out and watched the rest of the concert there. It was actually a hilarious concert. Like, Sturgill Simpson, for those of you who do not know, how he was introduced to me especially, um, was he's very has a very traditional like raw country sound, um, very great guitarist and he has a great band. But I mean it, it's a it's a type of music that unless you're into that style, you know you're, it's really not going to appeal to you at the top of your ear. So it has a very distinct following. But this guy's like a hell of a musician. So he's had a couple great albums and you know he he knows what'll what'll work. But he I remember him one time saying something like you know you don't want to keep making the same album over and over again, you know, what is that really being a musician? So he comes out with this latest album that was, uh, I fucking forget, what was it called? Forget the name of it, but his latest album was great. It had like the hot, the flaming hot rod on the album cover. He had a great song and he didn't make art, not friends. But anyways, it was literally a rock album and he comes out there. He, I don't think he played like, he didn't play like any of the songs I really knew, but I heard a couple of his new ones before, and usually you'd be choked about that, but like I appreciated Sturgill Simpson because he's so sick at guitar. The guy would just go on and riff for like literally, it was just felt like he was just riffing, like just playing unbelievable tunes for like three hours straight, and then we all went home. It was insane. I had a great time. I feel like my, he literally melted my face. But when he first comes on, he just starts fucking smashing the strings, and literally you could see people like being like, "What the fuck is this?" what the hell's going on? Like you could see like obvious distress in the crowd because they're like, what's this new shit? Like this isn't Sturgill Simpson. And it was fucking hilarious. Like people literally got up and left. Like, I mean, not crazy amounts, but I even like looked up on Twitter and there was a bunch of people losing it on Twitter. And like, I was like, I was at this concert. It's pretty fucking hilarious. Um, I got the shirt. It's funny. I'm actually wearing it as I speak right now. Um, it's pretty cool though. The tour, it was called a good looking tour with Sturgill Simpson. Uh, I'm not Tyler Childers opened up when I saw him. I'm not sure if he was going to be on there for the entire tour, but um, I have the shirt and the tour obviously got canceled because of COVID. So I have like the whole list in the back. I'm not sure how many were completed, but I got a bunch of concert lists in the back of this T-shirt that never even happened. So I feel like it's kind of a unique shirt. I love him. If you're, you should check him out. I mean, he's not everyone's bag of tea. I mean, he's he, he's got a great sound, but it was it was a hilarious concert. And I'm just saying, I mean. There's so much to do in Birmingham, and I wish we could go out there and have concerts. Live music just seems like fuck. What a, what a chore that was. Not a chore. What a treat, sorry. But it is, now it just seems like a chore. You know, you get all these people together, that'll never fucking happen again. It just, I, I hope, it's obviously not ever again, but not anytime soon, and it just seems like it's been a while. And, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm down here playing hockey, you know, fucking around, and up there in Canada, everything's on lockdown. No one can do anything but go to the grocery store. I mean, it's a hilarious time. It's a very hilarious time. Um, it's also um, a hilarious time for this guy. I heard this story this week, and I got to bring it up because it's it made me laugh out loud because 
I was thinking about Bitcoin this week and a fellow named Stefan Thomas, he's a German born programmer and he's living in San Francisco. Um, he has 7,002 Bitcoin, which as of just a couple weeks ago, that was worth like $220 million or something like that. And like Bitcoin was up to 40,000 just the other day. I think that was last week. This story is, I think might be 10 days old, but hilarious. Like it's not hilarious. That's the Bitcoin scares me. That's why like I had a couple, uh, I remember when it, I think it was 2017, was it not, when like Bitcoin just kind of took off? I didn't, I didn't even know what it really was, and it just kind of started fucking blowing up. Um, and I believe that the only reason it blew up was just because all of a sudden everyone thought it was sweet at the same time, and everyone just started buying it, and it just basically blew up because everyone wanted it at the same time for no reason. I think I believe that's the reason. But you know, right now with the world ending, the world is ending as we all know. A lot of people thinking about market crash, all that crazy shit. Bitcoin, no government has control over this shit. That's the thing. That's why this Bitcoin's crazy. You things like this happen. You you lose your password. Bye bye. Smell you later. Um, it's it's terrifying. Like I said, I, I think I put like five hundred bucks into Bitcoin, and I have it in like a couple different accounts. Uh, the thing I didn't like, I don't know what it's like to even do it like now trading. I the thing I didn't like is you had to go on like Coinbase. Then you had to go to those outside apps to actually buy the crypto. And there was certain crypto available on certain sites. And it was just seemed very confusing at the time. I bought a couple because I had a buddy that was really into it. And I haven't really looked at it since. I looked at it about a year and a half ago. And I remember I laughed like certain things had gone down 90% that I bought. And I only put like 500 bucks into something. And I split it up between like three different ones. So, I mean, it's not worth shit, but... I mean, I was thinking about that the other day about how I lost my password and what a disaster that is. Like, I'll probably never get that back. But Stefan Thomas, the German-born programmer in San Francisco, he has, um, like I said, 7,002 Bitcoin locked away worth $220 million. And wherever site he's using, he gets 10 tries on the password. He's already used up eight of them. So he has two more tries. Could you... I, Honestly, I don't think I, I, I personally, I shouldn't even say this, but I don't know if I have eight different passwords I've ever used in my life. Like, how do you, would you even come up with that? Like, did he set the password or was it something like crazy? Like, that's the thing. He must have set it for this to even be a thing. Like, I remember I had a little crypto on one site and it, the, the thing was given to you. And it was like XYZ67894. It was like Elon Musk's son's name. It actually probably was his name. And maybe that's where the code is gone. That's how I enter it. I could enter his name and that could be the password to my crypto. But it it doesn't make any sense. So he, he's always, it says here that he's been like sitting in his bed trying to think about like what the password is. But so he must have said it because he's not there just guessing if it's XYZ97. Um, but there's a story right now. There's a saying that there's about of the existing 18 million bitcoin which is worth about 140 billion dollars they say about 20 percent of that is is uh locked away in people's forgotten counts just sitting there and i think it's fucking like, i don't think you can ever get that back and the thing that's making bitcoin so valuable right now i don't think i just said that i hope i'm not repeating myself is that it has like um unlike money right now we're fucking with all these governments, which are in some ways, I'm not an expert on this, what I'm saying by any means, but you know, we're in some senses, instances, printing out money, literally to, in, you know, help out our economies. And that's making money, uh, you know, 
it hopefully doesn't make inflation go up. Hopefully it doesn't make our money worthless. But the thing about Bitcoin, which I did not know until recently, and is, is it has a finite value. So at, at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a max amount of Bitcoin that could ever be made. This was news to me. That's very intriguing. I know that it's some sort of algorithm set up with these computers that know exactly how it works and they only mine the Bitcoin through that. I don't understand what that means. This is some crazy shit, but the thing that's kind of cool about it is there's no control over it. Like it's completely, there's no government control at all and there never will be on it, which is, you know, makes it interesting. And I think that, you know, maybe something like that is making it, uh, you know, kind of fly off the charts right now. I certainly don't have any Bitcoin. I remember I bought something stupid like Ethereum or something like that. Probably something that got discontinued long ago. That's probably what I bought. So maybe it's a good thing I lost my password. It makes me sick. Um, a lot of people gave me a, a, a lot of shadows actually after last episode. Um, one thing I really like is if you do listen to this episode, don't be afraid to, you know, hit me up and just say, hey, like, what's up? I'm listening. If you hate the show, say that too. But um, yeah, I'm not telling you to just like, uh, you know, suck my butt, but uh, you know, just it's cool. I've, I've had a couple of people reach out and some people I haven't talked to in years and it's been really fun. So I, I really appreciate everyone that does listen to this show and, and, I'm, and I'm looking forward to doing it in a different capacity, obviously being down here, different environment, different opportunity really. All right. And we're going to make the most of it. All right. Folks, this is something that I actually have to bring into attention on the air of this show. Um, I don't like to talk about, you know, this isn't a hockey podcast. This podcast, as you all know, is uh, pretty misguided. We'll say undirected, not misguided. It has no direction. We just kind of like spin the bottle and it just it just goes where it needs to go. And that's the way that we will continue with things until we find direction that deems suit fit. Um, but this has been coming up um, with the NHL back which is an absolute joyous cage and feels nice to watch some sports again, you know? And, you know, last time, you know, the playoffs, it was nice to watch, but it was weird just coming back right into playoffs, you know, mid pandemic and middle of July when that came on right when this podcast was actually getting incepted, uh, fruitiest, fruitiest days, honestly, fruitiest times. I am enjoying just, you know, it's re- it's regular season right now. We're watching all the teams, we're watching some good hockey. There's no fans. It's weird, but you know what? It's nice to watch. But, um, you know, we, we're watching some, some great players um, entering, you know, their prime years. We got Matthews. We got McDavid. We got, you know, I could list. The list goes on. It's crazy how the NHL has changed into this young man's game where these young players are honestly so dominant. You know, you don't have to spend your five years, you know, becoming a veteran before you can become a dominant force in the NHL anymore. These guys are just fucking just coming right off the coat rack, um, ready to go. It's fucking insane. But one thing that always drives me nuts is the immediate Gretzky comparison to McDavid, to Matthews, to Crosby, Ovechkin, all of these superstar players of this era. And, you know, they make the comparison to, you know, basically Gretzky being overrated due to the era he played in, due to things like the style of defense that was played in the NHL back then, uh, you know, the quality of goaltending. Then, you know, the list goes on and on. We see it everywhere on every asset, like every fucking avenue of social media you see people making these comparisons saying how how Gretzky would never do what he did if he could have done it today or if you tried to play in today's game sorry and vice versa if you brought McDavid down into his era right now as McDavid is that he would absolutely torch the league and to that all I want to say is absolutely no shit 
Like it's, I, it just, it just blows my mind that, and it, it's just, I can't believe that we have to talk about, it. we have to talk about it because it gets brought up so often. And I think that as someone who <clears throat> I feel like knows hockey, played hockey a lot, still do. Hockey is maybe one of the games that has changed them. It's changed so much. I don't want to say the most because I don't know what a lot of sports, what they've gone through, you know, in terms of rule changes and whatnot, but hockey's done a lot. There's not only been rule changes, there's been equipment changes, um, changes of lifestyle. I mean, I, I just find these people make these arguments. It is absolutely asinine. And people who make these, 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 these arguments have no credibility in my mind because it's just like it's a lack of common sense. Like we don't make these comparisons because we know exactly why the, that those comparisons are just ridiculous. Like no shit if you put Connor McDavid in his fucking 2021 gear from CCM, his wheels freshly sharpened, and you put him on the ice in 1955 against the boys who just climbed off the train from Chicago overnight and, and had, a, had a Danish at the fucking bus station on the way to the game. Yeah, he would probably be pretty dominant in that era. But, I mean, you look... like That's why you can't compare it. You, it it's just like... That's why the history of the of sports is so intriguing to me, and I, I think many people is, is it's like it's their own mark in its own era. Time was different. I mean, you just you have to look at all the variables. I mean, it sounds so stupid. I mean, but you have to break it down. You have to break it down this way too. And Gretzky and the boys, when Gretzky was dominating the NHL, people weren't training like they do now. They didn't have the access to ice. They played when they played and they probably didn't put their skates on 100% guaranteed not until they came back for training camp until probably like 15 years ago 20 years ago not that long ago and I mean you just keep you just keep seeing people make this argument it's just so hilarious to me it just makes me seem like it just makes it's not intelligent it's just not intelligent to make that argument at all and I mean what if you put Gretzky in this area if he was born in 2020 and maybe had the same nutrition the same upbringing the same opportunity to ice, to development as, as McDavid and Crosby and all these superstars of today has, maybe he would be just as dominant as today. And maybe if you put McDavid back in the 70s when no one trained, maybe he is naturally talented enough to be that superstar. We don't know. You bring Bobby Orr up to the future day, maybe he gets someone that uh, you know gets him in some shape. He was training differently. Maybe he doesn't hurt his knees. Maybe he gets to play a longer career in today's NHL. You know, we don't know. That's a fun comparison, but we don't go making crazy arguments saying or disrespecting like Gretzky's name saying he's overrated because you watch tape right now and the goaltending looks a lot different than it does today when you're watching tape from 30 years ago. Like, no shit. We found ways to do things better. The game is it developed. It's innovated. It's like, I don't understand it. It's not like other sports. I mean, that's why, like, I just, I don't understand. Hockey gets a bad rap, and it's just like... I just think a lot of the time it's because some of the people that follow it are just like absolutely just ludicrous. And <clears throat> I mean, especially on Twitter, Twitter is just such a hilarious app. So like, obviously I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. Fucking stupid argument. Um, but it's just funny. It's, it's really funny to me. And again, last week I had a couple people reach out to me after last week's point when I was saying the people from other places that say, well, Canada sucks at hockey right now because they haven't won a Stanley Cup or an NHL team in Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 1993. It's just an asinine argument. Again, I, 
someone called me out and said, well, it's kind of true. And I said, it's just, that doesn't make any sense. Again, I cannot stress that enough how, how ridiculous that argument is. It has no correlation. That's literally like um, when the Toronto Raptors won the, uh, the title. We didn't say that they were the best, Canada's the best basketball nation now because, you know, the NBA title was up north in Canada. We didn't do it, and we'll never do it, all right? I don't think it was anyone saying this. I don't know why I have to keep going on about it, but I just did, all right? Um, one thing I have to say about watching hockey, though, that I've just noticed is that NBC has hired Mike Babcock to be a current analyst, which is actually fucking kind of hilarious. I mean, these guys, I mean, it's like, it's it's not, you're not saying Mike Babcock as much as of a celebrity, but they don't know when to walk away. Like Mike Babcock, he just got fired last, it was what, November? It was 2019. It was the fall, last fall. He gets fired. He's making 80 mil over however many fucking years that they've made that horrific contract offer from the Leafs. He's making absolute coin. And now he's he's waited. Yeah, I saw a really great point by Mike Commodore. You know, he is no stranger to verbally lashing this guy. He comes out and said, you know, he's taking a year off. It's now the it's the it's the reunion tour. It's the he's gonna reshape his image. He's gonna become um, an analyst and everyone's gonna forget that. Apparently he's an absolute dinkhead and a lot of people players don't like him. But uh I mean I don't want to sound like this Babcock hater because, I mean, I really liked him, and I, I thought he was going to be a sick coach when Toronto hired him. I was so pumped. You know, me being a Toronto fan, I was fired up thinking that they got the best coach in the league. Seems to not work out, and now he's getting fired. But after seeing about how many people don't like him, it's just kind of hilarious. I mean, I, I don't know. If I'm him, I, I don't become an analyst. I mean, it's sweet when all these, you know, great hockey minds go on the TV and, 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 and become analysts, but, I mean... I just think it's hilarious. It's going to be interesting to see how people react to it. And I haven't seen him on NBC lost Doc Emmerich. I mean, they got to get some faces in there. And here we got fucking, we got Babs. We got Baba flying around. But I mean, I thought he was going to try to get back in the NHL coaching. Clearly not. I mean, apparently last year he was going to be on, on the NBC for the playoffs, which wouldn't that have been hilarious. I wish that could have happened. Wouldn't if he's commenting on a, on a Leafs game, like just months after being canned by them, that would have been hilarious. But COVID, they didn't allow them to do that with the bubble and all that bullshit. But uh, hilarious, hilarious times. Hockey's back, though, and these jerseys look great. I talked about it in the prior episode. I talked about every jersey in the league. They look good, though. They look good. Um, up right now, I think, is my favorite. Um, Buffalo looks really clean. And uh, Colorado, getting out there with those uh, the colors of their gear, their equipment, it's so different. But it's like they're incorporating that change of color like they're – getting a more Nordique feel almost to it. But, I mean, it's in the franchise's color schemes of the past. I, I accept it, and I think they look good. Some people say it's too much blue, but, I mean, I mean I'm fucking into it. I think it looks deadly. Um, hockey's been good, man. I've been really enjoying playing every day. Uh, I've been here for just over a month and a bit now. Uh, we got a lot of games under our belt, but we had one thing happen to me this last past week that I have never ever seen before it is um probably never going to happen to me again hopefully and it was a great experience but i don't think i ever want to have it happen again uh we had because of some league protocols uh the uniqueness of the season we're playing in in this you know era we're in uh we had to play a game four on four i played a professional hockey game four on four it was unbelievable it was it was fucking hilarious i mean <clears throat> that doesn't uh, for people that uh I'm going to get really elementary here and explain it like there's some people that uh, have no idea what that even means is, you know, hockey is played five on five. There's three 
forwards, there's two defensemen, and then there's the goalie in its net. You do not count him. You don't call it six on six. You call it five on five. And, um, yeah, so, you know, when you get a penalty, um, it goes down to five on four. It can go down to five on three, et cetera. No lower than that. But uh, five on five is the way the game is played. And um, sometimes, you know, you can get coincidental penalties in the game and it'll go down to four on four and the ice really opens up. It's pretty hilarious. It feels cool. It's, it's a funny game. And, um, yeah, but uh, we had a game fully four on four and it was pretty crazy. I mean, at this moment, we're just lucky to be playing hockey. So, I mean, if that's what it meant at the moment to get, you know, our skates on over the ice, I mean, we kind of had to do what we had to do. Our hands were kind of tied. And so we played a four on four game and it was, um, it was interesting. I mean, I can't reiterate enough. Like, you get rid of that that uh, guy on each side, it just opens the ice up absolutely hilariously. And, I mean, you can make one pass, and all of a sudden it's off for the races, odd man rush. That's all it takes. Like, you get beat with one pass, it could be an odd man rush going the other way, and you're absolutely burnt. So, I mean, I'm playing D. I, I was a lot of staying between the dots for me. I wasn't trying to pressure too many people on the outside, but I mean, it was fun, man. We got, I got you got to hold the puck a lot. It was um, not physical at all, though. I mean, you couldn't get near anyone. Like, I mean, you get to a level where you know you're older. You can, you just move the puck before there's an opportunity really for contact, and it's just like that's the way. It's just so funny. It's just like in, in a lot of instances, the game was it was so weird because. Sometimes your best option is to just not pass it quick because no one's open yet. So, like, you have to hold on to it until something opens up. And, I mean, especially myself in my game, I'm, I'm usually, if I'm getting the puck, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look to make a play as soon as possible. And, you know, that's just kind of anyone, really, in, in a five-on-five five instance. But four-on-four, four, you get that opportunity to kind of handle the puck a little bit more. It's pretty fun. And, I mean, it was fun, but I, I don't think that's my game. And... I don't think that's what I was brought in here to do is play four on four. So it'll be nice. It was nice. We played another game on uh, Saturday. That was uh, was that Friday? That was no. We played uh, that. That was a Friday night game, and then we played Monday, an afternoon game, five on five. So it was nice to get back to five on five. I would definitely say I think uh, suits my game a little bit more. Um, but it's been great. I've been I've been really enjoying it. It's just an honor to be playing. So. The league's good. The league is strong. I can't. I can't reiterate that enough. I mean, got um, you know, you got multiple guys down here that just have no business being in this league, and and that's no disrespect to, you know, the Southern Professional League at all. It's just saying that there's just nowhere for anyone to play this year. I mean, there's only 12, 13 coast teams playing right now. The AHL hasn't even started up. Um, a lot of guys just not playing. So it's just it's just been an absolute honor to play and. It's been hilarious. I mean, you know, I love coming on and, uh, you know, just meeting all these guys. You know, you meet a whole brand brand new group of guys every year. And, you know, I have always find, like, at the beginning you don't like it, but then you realize, like, you know, a couple of weeks in, you know, it's like it's, it's really nice meeting a bunch of new people at once. And, you know, you only get that experience through hockey or sports in general. And, I mean, work too in any capacity, but – this is just – I've just been enjoying it. Um, I'm not sure what uh, – just taking it day by day. Um, I find that's uh, one thing I love about sports too. And I mean, this is, translates to anything in life. Is just I find when I'm playing here, it's just like you don't want to look too far ahead and I don't want to worry about like, you know, for example, I'm doing this night. It's 8.35 at night. Tomorrow night I'll be on the ice playing a game. 
and then I have one the next night. I know I got back-to-back games this week. I used to get really nervous, you know, the night before. Not nervous, but, I mean, like, antsy. I'd be sitting there thinking about the game, thinking about what do I want to do, uh, how I want to play. Oh, I'd love to score. Oh, I hope I don't get scored on. Oh, geez, I hope because I got didn't. I hope I didn't think of that about getting scored on means that now it's going to be in the back of my head and I'm going to be thinking about it. And, you know, stupid mind games. And I find this year I'm just really trying to block all that stuff out. And it's been like, not just, I've, this has not just been this year, but I've been trying to do that for a couple of years and it's, 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 it's tough, but I find like through athletics, it, it just teaches you, like, I find you feel best when you're just like, just going by the moment, you know, you do, that's when you're truly, I feel like, you know, you're, you're not worried about what's going on. That's when you get a little antsy. You're thinking about what could have been, you know, your last couple of games, you know, then you kind of get depressed, you know, that's like a depressive feeling. You just want to just live in the moment, you know, if that means, you know, you got to do what you got to do to feel good. If you're thirsty, have a drink. If you need a stretch, have a stretch. But um, just do whatever you got to do to feel good in the moment and just take the plays as they come. That's all you can do. And, folks, that's a life lesson. I have no idea what I'm talking about in that instance. But uh, this is fun, folks. I, I got I to give a shout-out to my international listenership. Um, I don't know how accurate this is, but the hosting site for my podcast tells me that I have by far in a way majority of Canadian listeners but I got I see my people down there in the states I think I know who most of you are got a couple of listeners down in Alabama now shout out shout out to everyone in Alabama uh, thank you for tuning in um, I have a surprisingly large following in Turkey actually is about as big as my states my uh, United States following which is very odd I don't know who's in Turkey that's listening uh, I got a couple of people out in Serbia shout out to Serbia and I uh, got a couple of listeners out there in Germany I know I got my one buddy who listens every week. Gee, thanks for listening, bud. But shout out to the international listeners. Shout out to all of you. Shout out to all my listeners, folks. This is so much fun. Um, I hope you know that I, I do this literally um, in just one shot. Again, I keep I reiterate that. I've said that before in other episodes, but I come on here, no gimmicks, no no real editing. I just kind of come on here and talk. I, I like doing these. I'm going to continue to do them. Um, one day I will get more talent and I'll, I'll have some cool intros, some cool effects. But uh, apart from that, I'm hoping to have some more time. I'm going to get a couple cool intros with my guitar going, get some fun things happening here. But uh, I'm going to keep going on the social media pages. I don't put any money into them. I have no money to put into them. I am down here playing hockey. I am not uh, saving up money to you know, put advertising on for this podcast. So if you are ever so inclined to you know, give it a share, give it a retweet, give it a, you know, whatever you got to do, just make sure you're downloading the episodes too. That's the only way the analytics really show um, I'm looking to keep doing this. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to come out of it, but this show is not going anywhere, folks. Thank you so much to all of you that have tuned in. Don't be afraid to give me a shout out. Tell me you're listening. I really appreciate that. It's fun hearing who's listening. Follow me on Instagram, the project on Instagram. Uh, follow it on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter. And um, let's have a good time. All right. This show's going to come back. Um, my old man tells me that I need to get some more interviews going. So, I mean, loyal listener like him he's not probably wrong so that's gonna be happening um we're gonna get some cool ones i'm gonna get some of my teammates have uh, done some pretty cool things and i talked to some of them get some hilarious stories going um i'm sorry for making this another short one this week but uh we're the, the show rolls on folks don't worry we're not going anywhere um you don't have to it's not as big of a commitment sometimes i find pods are too long you know i, I find a half an hour pod works for me that's kind of why i like this this length right now so i'm gonna shut the hell up right now I thank you, though, always for listening to the program, for making it the whole way through. May we all bless you. All right? 
Folks, this is episode 23. This is The Podject. This is your show. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.